Alright, it's Monday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC Hoops. I'm your guy, Vince, and we are doing the second part of the storylines and thoughts and questions of the NBA teams, and we're in the Western Conference, and we're going to be doing that. But we have one thing to talk about before we get to all of that. And unfortunately, we have to bring up um, James Harden. Um, according to uh, Sham Sharania and um, Fisher of Yahoo Sports, it is uh, known that James Harden has only practiced one time with the Philadelphia 76ers. And it is also known that his desire to still be a Clipper uh, is out there. So, when we talked about Philadelphia, you know, I talked about how I felt bad for the fans. And I'm just going to reiterate it again, you know. You never got to see this team fully together. And, um, you know... I'm not going to talk about anybody's bread. I'm not going to talk about anybody's how they how they doing their contract situation or or how how to go about anything. Um, you know, we'll see what the NBA thinks um, next offseason with James Harden. I mean, that's all I can say on that situation. Um, I think one thing is clear: we're at a point where. It's not far-fetched to ask the question, what's going to happen game one? What's, you know, what what are we doing? You know? All right. Let's get to these teams in the Western Conference. I want to have some fun with this. And uh, we're going to do some, it's going to be, Either just straight up questions, uh, storylines, like things to look for, and we're going to try to do it in a funny way. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, first and right off the bat, the OKC Thunder. Uh, man, shouts out to fans in OKC. Anytime I do a YouTube clip, um, it, it, I mean, I don't have to do really any advertising whatsoever. It gets a bunch of views. So. Shouts out to our people in Oklahoma City. Um, the one thing that I can say about Oklahoma City is this, is that it might be time. It might be time to, to make a move or they might by themselves be like a number six seed. They're just deep and young and they come in waves. And there are a lot of them. I mean, SGA, Chet, J-Dub, you know, I mean, this is, you know, and then Case and Wallace this year, there's a lot of dudes. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. Now... <clears throat> It might be all good this year. Next year might be might be a little bit more of a struggle, just because of the fact that you know you know it might be time for other people to get paid, 
and, and things of that nature. But this year, uh, we are we are looking at a a really dangerous team. Playing them in Oklahoma City is gonna suck. Uh, if you're opposing team, I think they're gonna have a tremendous home field advantage. Um, and I think that you're going to see, like, the role players play well at home. Um, I think it's a gr- it's a really good coach team. Dagnall is, is really good. And here's the one thing with OKC, which makes them the scariest team in the league to me. They might be the, um, I don't know what's scary now. Um, I'm trying to think of some series that's really scary. Uh, they might be the insidious of the NBA and because they got all the picks still and at any point they can say, Hey, we can trade this, this, and this here's three picks and we got whatever it is that they feel they need. Um, they still also might be a year away from that. Even, uh, Sam Presti has talked about it. So, they're still preaching patience with the young guys, but they might just be talented enough to get into a six seed. And if that's the case, uh, it's going to be scary. It's, we, we're hitting scary hours in OKC. Um, then we can move on to the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah got off to such a fast start last year. And uh, here's another great, well-coached team. Will Hardy is excellent. We love his staff. Um, they picked up John Collins from Atlanta. A lot of people were kind of in on the deal. I liked it. Uh, I think you get an adult in the room. Um, not saying that you had a, a bad locker room at all. You, get, you just add another professional guy in there. And with John Collins, it's always going to be the shot. And, and and then when you talk about the shot, it's always the finger that's all jacked up. And is that fixed? And, you know, is the shot fixed? So those are the type of things that are the kind of storylines there. And here's the thing. I think Utah can be as good as they were last year and have a and have a worse record. I think teams like the Lakers, um, uh, I mean, depending on health with the Lakers, Clippers, and Golden State, um, you don't look to them to have the starts that they had last year. So they can play as well as they did last year. And the record not be indicative of what it was, you know, in the previous season. So Utah might be just one of those situations. Okay. Just might just be one of those deals. Um, and then we're going to move on to <clears throat> a team that is really intriguing. The Minnesota Timberwolves. And here's the one thing I want to say. About the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've been on some. Let's get rid of cat. Noise for a while. Now here's the thing. 
excuse the honking, somebody is apparently needing somebody. Anyways, the thing that I will say about this is that I understand the willingness and the want to see it work or see it for a whole year. Here's my thing. I understand that as well. But what you want want to see from Cat is that this is uh, he's willing to play that second fiddle role. That he is okay with our guy and Edwards being number one. If he can fall in line on that, I have no problem with this year being like an experimental year, seeing how it all works and seeing how um, maybe, you know, Cat takes, you know, three to four less shots a game and, and whatever case may be, and we allow Ant Edwards to grow. That's how we're doing it. I'm fine with it. If it's a situation where Cat is doing Cat stuff and we're taking a bunch of shots and it's 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 the same old, same old, and it, it looks clunky and it's a slog, and then let's go ahead and get a trade and figure some stuff out. Because this is not working for either one of them. And I'd rather pull the band-aid off, snatch it off, than just kind of peel it off little by little and whatever. And I think it hurts more. So my thing with Minnesota is, you know, if Cat wants to be the good soldier, then I'm with it. If Cat doesn't want to be the good soldier, and you should know that by like December 15th when all the trade options and all that uh, falls through, you should be all on that. Um, and then we're going to get to the Denver Nuggets. Forgot about the Nugs. How did I get, forget about the defending champions? And I know, Denver, I know what y'all saying. Y'all forget about us all the time. I mean, honestly, until somebody knocks them off, they're the best. Jokic is he he can't be guarded. I mean Anthony Davis is one of the best to do it, you know, and he still was getting buckets and whatever. We're this is Larry Bird, but bigger a bigger version of Bird. Um He's, he's just, his shot selection is ridiculous. His vision is impeccable. I mean, I don't even know what other superlatives I can give him, honestly. The supporting cast, I mean, Jamal Murray healthy for offseason. He didn't have to rehab anything. That's, that has to be a win. Um, Another year where... Michael Porter Jr. came out the year unscathed and, you know, hopefully had a, a, a pretty uh, normal offseason. Works out very well. And another season of Aaron Gordon. I mean, you, you're talking about cohesion. You're talking about togetherness. 
if I'm Denver, I'll be psyched about where where they are and and where they kind of stand in all in all phases. Um, I think the storyline for them is that they're still gonna go off that they're not getting a ton of respect, and I can see it. I can see them living off that. Michael Malone is that type of coach. He's gritty. He's he's testy uh, when it comes to media a little bit. Um, he wears it on his chest. I kind of like that. And then you have Jokic, who kind of is aloof. And, you know, some people say, well, oh, well, How's he, you know, he's not marketing the game and all this and all that. And I, I understand it. I mean, you want your best player to be marketable because, you know, that drives revenue. I, I get all that part. But him having the attitude that he has might be just the thing that this team needs in the sense if it was going to defend a title. Because his attitude is like, we go to work, we play, we play well, we, you know, we execute, we try to be efficient, da-da-da-da, and then we go home, we go to sleep. <clears throat> you know, and we wake up the next day and try to do it all over again. I mean, you know, I know we question, is it all real, the way he handles it? I mean, at this point, we gotta take him for what he, what it is. He, when does he, when does he ask for the the limelight? He doesn't. None of it. Denver is gonna have a special season again. They're just, they're just good. Injury is the only thing that can derail um, Denver into getting to a late, late playoff playoff run. Um, next up on the block would be. The Blazers, the Trailblazers of Portland. Uh, I'm I'm so ecstatic with what they've done, and what I'll say is, finally, finally, we are at a stage where we are uh, developing. You know, we are completely in rebuild mode. There's no other question about it. Um, they got assets that they can either continue to grow with the team that they have, or they can go ahead and trade those assets for even more first-round picks than they got even previously so far with Dame and Drew Holiday and those two prospective deals. Now, with all that being said, uh, is this a year where we're looking for a lot of Ws out of Portland? No. All you're looking for is development from Scoop, Development from Simons, development from Sharp, um, some steadying from Jeremy Grant for however long he's there. And then, uh, you know, um, what we see out of Aiton and what we see out of uh, Robert Williams. So that's kind of where we are. I don't know that number. Anyways. Um have to take that out the pie. Okay. So we're in a situation where 
I know that number for some reason. Anyway, um, so development, development for Trailblazers, development, keep finding gems, see what they have in DeAndre Ayton, see what they have in Rob Williams, see if this is any items that you want to trade down the line and just keep it moving. This year is making sure that Scoot is comfortable and also starting to piece together what is going to be uh, what what is going to be a uh, you know a fruitful situation for Scoot Henderson. I'm glad that they got Dame out of there before the season started. I'm glad that they got this team kind of together and then they can kind of go forth and, you know, as the season move along, if they need to go ahead and move some pieces, they do have the capability of doing so. So the Blazers to me are in a just, uh, <clears throat> you know, they just remind me of the Big Bang Theory. It's just a lot of numbers on a uh, whiteboard and we're just trying to figure it out from this point. Trying to figure out string theory. All right. Now, let's move along to the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have Luka Doncic. He has a strained cap. They don't think it's serious. They also have Kyrie Irving. They also have Grant Williams. And then they drafted Omax Prosper. And they also drafted Derek Lively Jr., now, I don't know where we are in the sense of what we think this team is going to look like. Luka is extremely talented. He is ridiculously gifted offensively. Kyrie is one of the best dribble packages and layup packages in the NBA. He's just electric with the ball with the ball. There are no questions there. Um so when you are talking about a a deal where You know, you got these two great offense offensive players. You definitely you definitely have a cut above some other people when it comes to that. But the problem is is that I think you're too young on defense and you're at a point where it's not like those young guys can get on Kyrie or Luca about oh you missed the defensive you missed the defensive assignment. Now if this was a, a vet you know, somebody who was, you know, seven, eight years in, and they looked at Luca and said, hey, man, you know, I understand you score the ball, all that, but I kind of need you to, to, you know, they, this dude need to feel you a little bit. I need a little more impact on this end. You know, that might carry a little more weight, but, you know, Jalen Green and, and you know, and uh, Omax Prosper and, and Derek Lively Jr., th- this is definitely not. None of those guys are going to be able to step up to Luca or Kyrie and tell them anything like that. Um, so I, I, I'm I in a real dazed and confused situation 
with where the Mavericks are as an organization, and I don't know what direction they're going. I have no clue. Ah, the Houston Rockets, let's get to it. The Houston Rockets, new coach, Ime Adoka, they added some free agents. They were very aggressive in free agency, um, signing uh, Van Vliet to a uh, $40 million a year deal. Um, also, Derek Brooks getting 20. Um, they did, They had a theme, and the theme was we want grit and we want, we want some defense. And I think what is going to happen with this team this year is uh, if you haven't seen the movie uh, Major Pain, right? So uh, Damon Wayans is this drill sergeant that goes to this like uh, this kids academy, like this junior ROTC, and he's like this full blown like Navy SEAL crazy dude, whatever. And you know he's. He's whipping them in shape, and that's what he, that's what Ime Adoka is gonna do in Houston. This year is basically about like structure. Like, yes, they want to win. You know, they want this pick to Brooklyn not to be great. But I think somebody said it. I can't remember who it was. I want to. It might have been Rosillo on the Rosillo pot. But I think. We're at a situation where the first forty games, you know, these these kids are gonna have to they're gonna have some real growing pains because Ime is gonna want them to play a certain way, and it's gonna take them a second to get used to that because unfortunately, I don't believe <clears throat> they had a lot of structure with their previous coach, Steven Silas. Um, so they're going to a completely different system. This is going to be a lot more, you know, micromanaging and, and things of that nature. It will be like if you make a mistake, you might get pulled, those type of things. You will have absolutely consequences to your actions. So, First 40 might be a tough watch, and then let's see what the last 40 look like. <clears throat> see if they're pulling it together and things of that nature. So they're just a work in progress, but I like the direction Houston is going. And trying to figure out who's going to get the shots. Because I know where Nico stands with, with Jalen Green. I understand where a lot of Houston fans think on Jalen Green. Um, I do believe that Jabari Smith is the guy that you should be giving the shots to. Um, that package was opened up a little bit at Summer League, and I think we should take advantage of that at 6'10", 6'11". I definitely think that's something should be looked into. Okay, we move on to the San Antonio Spurs. Well, obviously... Luck has Lady Luck has hit it again in San Antonio. Victor Win by Yama is in the building. And let me tell you something. This dude is incredible. Incredible. Um 
we just got to understand we're good. We're just going to see stuff that we've never seen before. Actually, it's stuff that we've seen before. We just never seen it at that height doing it. Because he's doing step back threes, like dribble in between the legs, sidestep, you know, step back, sidestep three. He's got a a three point floater. He's got um, incredible quickness. Even when he is out of defense position, because of his length and his dexterity. He's never really out of the play, even though he might be like two feet behind the, the play. I mean, we're just, just know we're going to see some real cool stuff out of San Antonio. As far as wins are concerned, we ain't worried about that. We're worried about Victor figuring out what he is and where he's comfortable. And, and that's a whole year process. We want to make sure going into next year, okay. I think we got to be to what <clears throat> the first four years are going to look like, five years are going to look like, and then, you know, maybe we can reassess after, you know, four years from now and see what the next four or five years are going to look like. But come out of this year with a plan going into next year. That's really all you're looking for. So health, development of Wimbayama is the utmost importance. Um, Vassell can hold, can carry a, a scoring load. Um, trade trade Jones is down there and Trey is a, is a solid point guard. That's ties to his brother. Um, kind of cut from the same cloth type of situation. Um, Malachi Branham looks like he can be a good scorer. So, they got some dudes, Keldon Johnson, so and then uh, our guy Sohan. We love Sohan. Um, they're gonna run out some fucking lineup, so it's just gonna be a lot of fun in San Antonio. But wins, don't worry about that. Just enjoy, enjoy the ride. All right, so we went through there, there. Oh, uh, we gotta hit the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, now New Orleans Pelicans. Stop me if you heard this before, but um, health, like health, Zion again is the key. I mean, we could be seeing some crazy stuff this year. We could see, we could see a Zion wing by Yama situation. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like. Scoot versus Wing by Yama Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, we got some crazy matchups with some of the young guys, and I'm really intrigued about how it's all gonna play out. Um, don't forget our guy, uh, Keontae George in Utah. You know, respect to the Utah Jazz and the fans. You know. We love y'all. Um, all right, so who? Are we? Okay, so now New Orleans. Here's the situation in New Orleans. <clears throat> we all know what's gonna go, go down. 
this is kind of the year. This is kind of the year on whether is Zion going to be great or not? Does he have it in him? And um, all the reports are this year, you know, they're talking about how professional he's being and, and things of that nature. And maybe it just took him longer to, to grow up. And and maybe some of this um, this off-the-court stuff that he had to deal with that was kind of embarrassing, kind of, you know, made him go into the lab because that was his only sanctuary. Whatever is going to get him on the court and get him to play, you know, 67, 72 games, somewhere in there, um, it, I don't care. Just, we just, we got to have it. And it's been tantalizing the 29 games and playing here and there. But it just seems like the momentum gets going. And as soon as the momentum is about to hit like a fever pitch, there's an injury. And then we just go down. This is terrible. So now what? Right? Now what? Now what do we do with all this? What do we do with this information? Well, all I can tell the fans in New Orleans, just like with the football team, this is a 50-50 proposition, you know. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Uh, I would love for Zion to be healthy because, remember, you know, every podcast has talked about it. Oh, when he was healthy, they were like, you know, number one, number two seed. We all know how successful they can be with Zion Williamson in tow. We, we know. It's just we got to see it. And, you know, because the other thing that comes along with that is we get to see how the number one, number two thing works out with Brandon Ingram. But Brandon Ingram has had enough of the stage and the spotlight because of the absence of Zion, you know, to say, hey, yo, I'm the guy. So. There's a lot to kind of maneuver in New Orleans, and you just got to see what the first 20 look like and just hold your breath that Zion stays healthy and stays on the court. That is all we're looking for at this point. You know, um, I don't even know what categorizes as, as a successful season for New Orleans. I think just him being healthy. You know, yes, you would love to make a playoff run and all that, but if he played 60-something games, I think New Orleans, the town would freak out. He'd be on fire. And then we move to the other team with the number two pick in the Zion draft, which is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Ja thing. So Ja out the first 25. Um... Marcus Smart moves in. You know, they still got the cast of characters. Desmond Bain, who we love. That's our guy on this podcast. We will always have love. Shout out to our guy, D. Bain. Um, and it is it is one of those crazy situations right now in there. Because here's the thing. The West is stacked. There's a lot of teams in the West. We haven't even got to the Pacific Division yet, where 
there's so much power in the Pacific. Um, and here's New Orleans without job for 25 games. Now, we've always said Memphis has been good without job. You know, it's all worked out. But remember, that was the Tyus Jones era. That was not the Marcus Smart era. Marcus is a very hustle-friendly guy, defensive-minded guy, um, you know, team leader type of guy. All of these things stand up, all of it. He's not the decision-maker that Tyus is. Running the team is not going to be as, as, as fluid as it would be with Tyus. And also, this is another get-to-know-me type situation, right? Get to know Marcus Smart. Get to know how he gets down in the fourth quarter. All of these things, right? So, I expect them to have some some slow out the gate. You know, do they kick it? You know, when do when do they kick it into gear? You know, is there enough time by the time when Ja comes back and then gets reacclimated into the team? Is there enough time to make the playoff push? What will what will the record have to be in the second half? In the true second half, not the all-star break, because by the end, you know pretty much what the hell's going on. But um, if that's the case, you know, this could be a season where, you know, they they fall back, because all it takes is one, one real injury. You know, you don't want to put that on team, but, you know, if Jaws out, and then let's say something happens to Bane, oh, man, you know, we... Start going downhill real quick. So the hope is that Marcus can do his best Tyus Jones impersonation. Keep this team afloat. If they're like 15 and 10 when Ja comes back, you know, they have a really good shot of making a good little run in the second half and getting to the playoffs. Now positioning might be an issue, but, you know, at this point, you just kind of, this is what you got, and this is what we got to roll with. All right, we're going to move on to the Pacific Division. I told you it was packed, and we're going to start off in – we're going to start off north, and then we're going to work our way south. So we're going to start off with the Sacramento Kings. So the Sacramento Kings last year, like the beam, win the Pacific Division. Now re- remind yourself that they won the Pacific. They made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Everything was gravy up in the state capital of California. Now, they get bounced by the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Um, De'Aaron Fox hurts his, uh, breaks his uh, finger and couldn't shoot it the way he was shooting it early. Tough break. Um, didn't make a lot of adjustments during the offseason. Surprised me a little bit. I talked to one Sacramento Kings fan. Shout out to my guy Nick. Or I think it was it Nick or Dane. Um, that they didn't make a, a dumb move. 
you know, they didn't they didn't overshoot for something and it wasn't the right move. So by not making a move, he was happy that, you know, just being good. That being said, <clears throat> we're always very quick to say, oh, well, this team, you know, it, it didn't make a move and didn't do this. Now, there there are windows, right? We always talked about we you know, we talk about the windows and you know, you gotta be going for it or you gotta be doing this, you gotta be doing that. Listen. I can sit here all day and say all these type of things, but as fans of these of these fan bases, listen, you guys deal with it on a daily basis, and God bless you and all that you go through. So I understand that you're going to take it a little more personal than I do, but you know we're quick to say, "Hey, we got you know got to make this move, got to do this." Sometimes not making a move. Is the best thing. I hearken you back to like a year and a half ago. And. It was the trade deadline. And there were talks of. Russell Westbrook going from the Lakers to Houston for Christian Wood and uh, Eric Gordon and the two first round picks. Now. We all knew that Russ wasn't a good fit. We all knew it wasn't going to work. And I know we're talking about the Lakers, and I know Sacramento's like, we're talking about the Lakers. You're talking about, we're talking about the Kings. Trust me, I'm getting to y'all. Just give me a second. But they don't make that trade. <clears throat> they go into the offseason. They still do not trade him. And then they trade him at the deadline. And they get all these dudes and, you know, and then the offseason, the rest of history, and we'll get to them in a second. But <clears throat> if there's not the piece that really elevates um, Sacramento out there, and, you, and let's think about it. Okay, they would have got a wing. Well, they got a developing wing in Keegan Murray. So... Does a more dynamic wing hurt his development? There's an argument. Now you could say, well, a a more of a shot-blocking presence at the four would be helpful. I get you. Well, you also need somebody who's going to be kind of spread the floor because he couldn't be like a shot-blocking big that... um, you know, didn't have any range whatsoever because, you know, Sabonis can shoot it a little bit, but he's not the three-point shooter. He's more of a mid-range dude and do everything at the nail, right? So those are hard to come by, right? It's hard to find those type of guys. So my question is, is like, if it wasn't out there, let's not force it Let's not do something, you know, reckless, and let's continue to build. You know, I like what they did in the draft. I like um, their young pieces. And, yeah, I would have loved for them to upgrade the Harrison Barnes position 100%. But for what was out there, you know, what was out there, 
I mean, I can't I can't really complain with what they did. So I kind of like the patience. I like I like what they're doing here. I don't like I love the the you know just the the positive progression, the continuity build, and then see where you can make adjustments. You know, maybe you have a clearer picture of what Keegan's gonna be. Because if Keegan takes a leap, now you're pairing Keegan with DeMontis Wellness and De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Now you really push Kevin Herter to like a, a more natural fourth option type person. And he'll be more comfortable in that aspect. Along with Harrison Barnes. So it kind of, it will really kind of help the team establish their kind of pecking order. And then we're going to move on to the Golden State Warriors, who you got mortal enemies now on the same team. Chris Paul is down with the Golden State Warriors, with Steph. Jordan Poole is gone. Him getting punched in the face. Looked like it was a big deal last year, even though they told us it wasn't. And we said, yeah, that's got to be a big deal. <clears throat> Had to get a little liquid. I was dry. Okay. Um, where's, we still need some size on Golden State, right? Like, are, I mean, I understand that Kevin Looney is an absolute animal and an offensive rebounding machine to the likes that we haven't seen since, like, Michael Cage. And kids, if you're young, I'm telling you, do yourself a favor and YouTube some Michael Cage because let me tell you, the Jerry Curl was in full effect. Okay, Michael Cage, mwah, Chef Kiss with the with the Jerry Curl. All right, Kevin Looney is just a beast, but they have no size. I understand they they couldn't do anything more with Wiseman. They 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 asked Jonathan Kaminga in the offseason to really really work on his rebounding. Something that they had asked um, Wiggins to do a couple years back. And my thought is is that this is where they believe they're going to go ahead and get that edge at the rebounding. Is they're going to give it to the athletic freak that is Jonathan Kaminga. Now, does it all work? Does it all work in one year? Now, I do believe that CP3 could be the key to unlocking Moody and Kaminga, honestly. I think taking away Jordan Poole from Golden State, no shade to Jordan. But a shot-first-looking dude. And you replace them with somebody who's going to get everybody interactive in the offense. It can only help Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses Moody. It can only help them. So I like that part. I think the theme is just, you know, final countdown. This is old 80 song. 
And it's like, the final countdown. Like that, right? So, I mean, we're holding holding on by a string here, basically. I, I still believe in Steph. I still believe in the talent. I still believe in how how he can affect the game. I still think that Draymond can, you know, I think with age and maturity and, and, and just his, his knowledge of the game, he can still be effective in a, in a role. My only problem is, is I don't know what we're getting from Clay Thompson. I don't know if Clay can be Clay anymore. I think the two injuries took his toll. I'm not saying Clay can't have great games and, you know, spare me your 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 ex uh posts where oh he still got it and all that. Yeah, listen. It can all show up. And even Kobe talked about this in the later stages of his career or after he retired. He said, Yeah, I could do it. You know, and, and put out the energy, but then I was I was done for like a week. You know, and you just don't have the legs that you once did. And those two injuries were just energy sapping, um, just debilitating injuries. And it wasn't like he was 25 and got it. You know, he was past 30. And now, you know, we can't ask him to be that, that like dynamic dude that can just go off for like 30 and a quarter. Uh, but yeah, we can ask for more consistency. So basically at this point, you got to ask yourself, who is the second? The second to me is Wiggins. I mean, I don't, it, is there a question about who the second in Golden State is at this point? I mean, I know Splash Brothers sell a lot of, a lot of t-shirts and all that, but if you want to put the two players that are going to help, are going to be instrumental in your team's success. You better put Steph, and you better put Andrew Wiggins up there because that, there it is. Um, yeah, they're going to be. We're going to see. Yeah, I want to see it first. I'm still skeptical. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying they can't be good because I think as long as Steph can shoot it, I think Golden State can be good. He he just changes geometry on the court. But I think that uh, we're looking at a, at a at a different type of animal. All right, let's get to the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, you know, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. They got it all. I mean, they got Eric Gordon coughed off, off the bench, bro. They, you know, listen, points aren't going to be an issue. Issue, health. Booker. A lot of, a lot of soft muscle things. Kevin Durant, a lot of lower body things. Bradley Bill, groin, hamstring, lower body things. All right, I'm not trying to damper the 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 situation in Phoenix. All I'm saying is these are the realities. All right, now. Offense, stupid. I mean, honestly, 
I don't know how you guard them. I really don't. Uh, Booker is a, an assassin, and I honestly think that Booker has another gear. And if Durant and Bill allow him to, I think Booker could be like a 32, 33-point-a-game guy in an offense like this because you got to pay so much attention to Durant and Bradley Bill. And Booker is one of those dudes that can get real hot real quick and give you like 16, like boom, just like I'm, I'm right here, right? Um, Nurkic, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Phoenix, I know you love him right now. We'll see. We'll see if he can stay healthy. We can. See, we'll see if he'll do the things that you're asking him to do. I, I, I don't know what would be the reason for him not to do those things. Um, we can see if he g- provides a physical presence uh, for, for Jokic. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot to be answered, but I, I just, they're going to be so entertaining. There's going to be a lot of very, very entertaining Phoenix Sun games, and I just can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see how it works. I can't wait to see Booker make a MVP run because I do. I'm going to go ahead and announce it now. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he's going to make a run. I think Devin Booker is 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 going to be in the hunt for MVP this year. I think he pushes to the 30-point-a-game dude. Durant is like, you know what, man, I'm – I'm older now, man. I don't care if I score 30. I can score 25 and be just as happy. You know, and maybe Bill says the same thing. Like, hey, I just, you know, I just want to be in meaningful games. I want to play playoff games. And if I play a secondary role to this dude, straight, go ahead, score all the points. And if that happens, Devin Booker has a chance to, to really make a real viable MVP push. So, you heard it here first. FRPC is saying it. Devin Booker is a is an early candidate of ours for MVP. Um, do I like the DeAndre Ayton trade or not? I mean, you know what? At this point, we're gonna just let it ride. You know, we're gonna see what Grayson Allen can give them. And again, I'm still kind of I'm hung up on Nasir Little, Little and what he can give you. So I'm I'm interested to see all of it. Now let's move on to the Clippers. The Clippers are still looking to see if they can make the Harden trade. And basically, from what I've been able to gather, is what they're trying to do is take their 2028 first round pick unprotected and trade it for like two first round picks. And then give that to Philadelphia to appease them in the sense of multiple first-round picks for James Harden. This is where we are. There seems to be no traction in either way. Uh, yet they're not going to get Ter- they're not going to get a Terrence Mann from the Clippers or Trey Mann from the Clippers. Um, <clears throat> no, it's Terrence Mann from the Clippers. And you know we're just in this merry-go-round. Here's the thing. Are you two superstars going to play? I mean, it really comes down to that. 
uh, is Kawhi going to play? Is it is it going to happen? Um, mystery injuries. Is he going to tell the staff? No, we know this for a fact. We have years of data that tell us that he will not do that. Um, and really, here's the thing, man. I, we know he liked money. So at the end of the day, I expect Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to be on their best behavior because at the end of the day, contract extensions are on the line and for no other reason but for actual more money, (laughs) which I don't fault anybody for, but you gave us like four years of nothing and then this is the year where you're going to you know, pull it out. Okay. Um, good luck to Bomber and in, in giving that money and, and uh seeing what year one of, of that of that those contracts look like. But anyways, um you know, I expect them to be on their best behavior. If if nothing fluky happens and you know, knock on wood, they can stay healthy, you know, we'll see what the Clippers can do. Westbrook is a, is the point guard. It worked in a short sample. Can it work all season? Only time can tell. I think Tyron Lue can get his ear. I think he can look at Russ and be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking out for you. I think Russ also understands that, you know, I think he gets where he is now with the uh, – million contract. So I think he knows what's going on there. So I think you're going to get the best of Russ too. Uh, I like the KJ Martin deal. I think bringing more athleticism to phase out some of the guys who were the wings that were guarding before and possibly can't guard now is a good thing. Uh, I think, you know, Marcus Morris is, is long in the tooth. I think, you know, uh, our guy, um, what's the friend? Batum, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta start looking for younger players to start filling these roles. And this is why man needs more playing time and, and all of these things. So at the end of the day, you know, the lineup that you see at the first part of the year with the Clippers might look terribly different. And it's not just because of trade. It it actually might be because it's time for youth to be served. And man and KJ Martin to take more of a production role in the regular rotation. So the Clippers are are a really interesting team. Um Ryan Rosillo said something that was kind of cool. He said I I can't, he said, I wouldn't feel good about taking the over on their win total. And even if they hit it, I still wouldn't feel good about it. And knowing that there's a good chance that they won't because they won't play the games. And he said, I'd rather be wrong about them, you know, them not hitting it than them hitting it. And I'm kind of the same way. Until Kawhi and PG prove it that they're going to be on the court, and these injuries aren't just going to linger and all these other things and stuff like that. We'll see. I I don't know. But they're a fascinating team because 
it's all it's always always been about health with them. It's always been about you know, can we get these two guys on the court together at the same time, you know, with another enough games underneath their belt to say, okay, we're clicking. We know what's going on with one another and everything like that. And it just never has happened. Just hasn't. And that leaves us with the Los Angeles Lakers, right? No doubt I was going to leave the Lakers last, right? And here's the thing. I've been critical of the Lakers all offseason, not because I didn't like any of their moves or whatever the case may be. Um, I think they did a smart, they had a really smart offseason, honestly. Uh, There's nothing about their choices that I could be mad at. The only place that I can quibble is the extension on Anthony Davis and whatever, and we'll get to that in a second. But all in all, Rob Polinka over the last two over the last year and a half has done a just an excellent job of just retooling. Not even a year and a half, a half a season. He's doing a hell of a job just retooling this franchise and still has still has bullets. You know, there's still a number one pick out there that they still can use. And seconds. And contracts that fit certain salaries. So if they need something. They have the ability to go out and get it. So. Rob has done it. He's built. Wings that we clamored for. For years. Um, I'm still worried about the size. Not because of the length. Just because of the girth. That might be the move. Uh, in the uh, in the season, maybe that's where you get better. Um, but all in all, Rob has done an excellent job. He's he's turned it over. So whatever complaints we've had about Rob in the past about what he did in the AD deal or what he didn't do or what he did in the Westbrook deal, he has cleaned it all up. And we're young, and we're getting. Production from young players and and got more young players on the way, i.e. Max Christie, uh, Maxwell Lewis as well, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, uh, Castleton, who I love. I love Castleton. Um, so we'll see how it all goes. Now, let's get to the nitty gritty. Where are the Lakers? And the Lakers are, it's you know, it's digital underground. Is with featuring Tupac, same song. LeBron stay healthy, uh, AD stays healthy. This team can go far. If they don't, it's going to be a struggle, especially in the West with all these good teams. You know, I threw out a number that was like I said, one thirty-five was the magic number for the Lakers as far as LeBron and AD playing. <clears throat> I might want to go back a little bit on it, but I can't go back too far. I think you can go down to like 128, but I think that's the cutoff. That's the cutoff right there. Um, But you got to get 
you got to get 64 games from both those dudes or, you know, more from one or other. And then the other thing is what they talked about, the, the two of them have talked about and something that we've talked about in this podcast in one form or another over the last two or three seasons is this, is that AD has to be the guy this year. You know, I think LeBron with the ruptured tendon that he had in his foot that he had fixed over in Germany and miraculously is running around here like nothing ever happened. Um, Yo, German, German medical, German science as far as their, their medical procedures is so far ahead of ours. So keep that, keep that thought in mind. As Aaron Rodgers attempts to come back from an Achilles injury. All right, getting back to basketball. Um, I think with LeBron knowing that he had the rupture turned in his foot, uh, not saying that he's going to pace himself more, just knowing that, like, hey, we got this killer option in AD. And. You know, let's let's lean on him a little bit and, you know, give him more of a voice on the team and all that. I think this is the first year where you actually saw LeBron kind of really hand the baton off. Because on the podium, first day, a media day, AD. <clears throat> Not LeBron. Um, that says a lot right there. That just says, that says volumes. Of what's going on now? A LeBron is still LeBron, and LeBron is still gonna do what it's gonna take for this team to win. But here's the thing: if Rui Hachimura's playoff situation, and listen, nobody said he's gonna shoot fifty percent from three. Nobody's stupid. What I'm saying is, if he is, if he's 80% of what that is or 75% of what that was and he's shooting like 38% from three and he's being aggressive and doing all the things that um, he was doing in the playoffs. Now, <clears throat> keep in mind, he worked with LeBron all offseason. LeBron said that, uh, you know, his 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 workout buddy was Rui Hachimura and he's been doing a lot of skill work with Phil Handy as well. So, the improvement could be permanent. What we saw in the playoffs could be a version of Rui. We could the seventeen million that we're paying him could end up being a really, really good deal at the end of the day. So if he's what he showed to be in the playoffs, Austin is to me going to take another jump. Um this year. Then you got Torian Prince. And I think low key. That might be. Everybody was talking about the gay Vincent pickup. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to disrespect that pickup. But if Torian Prince is going to provide. This type of shooting. And this type of defense. Uh, this team is going to. Is going to scare a lot of teams. In the West. So I like the Lakers. Um. It's all in the health of the two guys. And history has shown us that they just haven't stayed healthy. So, you know, I mean, 
have, being a fifth or sixth seed is probably what they are. Now, if you're telling me, hey, Vince, it all worked out. They played 130 games. Um, you know, LeBron was a beast. AD's a beast. You know, we got all the, you know, we got all the, the, the production from Rui and Austin and whatever. Then Lakers are going to have a special team, and they're going to be in that 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 top three mix. But it's really hard to prognosticate them being in that top three mix, think knowing that I can't sit here and say that it's going to be closer to 110 games for AD and LeBron than 128 games, and. That 18-game difference, we just talked about it with Ja earlier. He's missing 25 games. If he's missing 25 games, and we're saying that's a big deal for Memphis, AD and LeBron, you know, missing like a total of like almost 50 games between them, that's, that might be too hard of a road, too hard of a road for the, the Lakers to cover. Now, they do have a lot of depth. To, to try to do it, and we didn't even talk about Christian Wood and Gabe Vincent. Um, <clears throat> my feelings on Christian Wood is this, is that, hey, listen, you're a, a minimal player. If you play well, great. If you don't, you can be easily getting, we can get rid of you. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of belief in Christian Wood, but at this point in the game, a 6'10 guy who can spread the floor, shoot the three, um, he's athletic enough if he really wanted to be a defensive player. He has never shown that. And I am not, I'm a realist. I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, we're, we're the team that's going to unlock Christian Wood. You know, I would love to be able to say that with confidence and tell you that that is actually what's going to happen. But I can't, I can't tell you that. Now, if this was LeBron at, Miami Heat days or even Cleveland Cavalier days and stuff like that. Yeah, I would have been like, yeah, Christian Wood would have come up in here and shut the hell up and do exactly what LeBron say. But LeBron is about to turn 39, and this is his 21st season in the league. And I'm not saying that people don't respect LeBron because they do, but maybe the messaging won't, won't work from LeBron. Maybe it'll have to be from somebody else to get Christian Wood to do it. Maybe it is Darvin Ham and loving on Christian Wood and tell him, hey, man, listen, if you do all the things you're supposed to do here, the money going to come. You know, uh, those have been kind of the conversations that Christian Wood has had with the Lakers. And Darvin Ham has said, hey, listen, you know, you're going to be a part of this team. We're going to need you. So Christian Wood is going to play a, a real integral part of this team. We've already seen it. I mean, he's going to get 20-plus minutes a game. He's the de facto big off the bench, along with Rui and whatever. So whether I like it or not, that's 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 the situation. Christian Wood is going to be play a significant role on this team. Now, the defense is what it is. If they can get him to do one thing, if they can just get him to contest weak side, 
and say, hey, listen, we're going to play this. This is the defensive strategy we're going to play. This is the role we're going to ask you to play. And can you do this? We're not going to ask you to do this, this, and this. We're just going to ask you to do this. Maybe we can just kind of centralize his positives and kind of negate the negatives. I don't know. I, you know, I just think somebody's going to try to get that dude in pick and roll action and he's going to get lost and they're going to go, there it is. I, You know, we'll see. We'll see. But the Lakers are my squad. I I love them. I think sixth place is kind of where they are, um, provided my guys are relatively healthy. Um, if they are significantly healthy, we can be top three. You know, I, I put I put the Lakers up against anybody if they're healthy. But as far as <clears throat> records for the year, top six is kind of where I got them. Um, not saying that they don't care about the regular season. I just don't think their top two will stay healthy enough. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. These are the two pods. So we have the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. They'll both be up soon. Um, Thank you for tuning in. And, um, man, we'll see you back on this feed uh, tomorrow because I'm going to draw some football, actually. So check in with that on Wednesday and we will see you soon. Peace.